are listening to the Traditional Outdoors Podcast. Welcome to the Traditional Outdoors Podcast, everyone. I'm your host, Steve Angel, and on the other end of the line, I got my good buddy, Nick. What's up, brother? Oh, not a whole lot, Steve. Uh, well, not a whole lot and a lot. I mean, it's just that time of year. <laughs> You know, it's been a crazy year. Things are starting to settle a little bit, starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, And then I can't believe we're school shopping already. And uh, it's been a little crazy, but I'm I'm really looking forward to fall at this point and and wrapping up this summer because it's been a little nuts. How about you? Well, I, you know, the schools here have been back in for well over a week. In fact, I think this will be their the they'll start their second full week this week. And even the college uh, colleges are starting back. We, you know, we dropped Bella off this week. Uh, got her dorm set up on on Thursday, and she starts her first classes uh, uh, of of college tomorrow. So, man, uh, you guys are a little behind us on that on that. We aspect. are, and we're behind you on hunting season too. So, you know, you guys are yeah. Yeah, you're always a little bit in the future. Um, you know, other than that, uh, we just had we just had GLLI. Yeah, I was going to ask you yeah, about that. Yeah, and it went really well. This is the first year. You know, we've been talking about it for years. So the way the way the Great Lakes Longbow Invitational works, and that's through the Michigan Longbow Association, for those who don't know, that's their flagship event. Um, it pretty much, there's an event the, f- the first week of August, August at Elm Hall. They, they stack in Michigan every weekend. There's something. Um, and then people immediately want to come over to um, Charlton Park, in Hastings where the event is at, which is like this historical park, which is really, really cool. You know, they got blacksmith and wood shop and all this stuff and it's primitive camping. You know, there's some, there's some electrical spots, but not many. Um, and the vendors are everything in this big steam barn. Well, everybody, everybody usually heads right over from Elm Hall and they either want to set camp on Sunday or Monday, or they want to leave their stuff there and then set it up on like Tuesday. Um, so you're talking, I mean, most of the time the electrical is used up by, you know, Tuesday and uh, the spots are already gone. Well, they finally talked and they're like, you know, everybody's already here on Thursday. All the hardcore people, you know, maybe we ought to make this a four day event like Compton. And, you know, logistics from a logistics standpoint, it was always, well, is the board going to be too taxed, you know, but um, they did it. And I'm glad they did. It was the right move. Um, we didn't have a lot going on on Thursday, but we had... Um, uh, Bub and John set up this real cool archery golf course on the high meadows, which is this big open spot in the back of the park. And you could go back there and play archery golf. And they set up all these cool trick shots and stuff with flu flus. And, and it was, I wish I could have made it, but I didn't get in until Thursday, Thursday night. And, um, they had that going and I, and I gotta tell you, it, it made a difference. Everybody was just a lot, things just moved a lot slower this year. I noticed because you have that Thursday, and the vendors and everything, it just seemed like everybody had more time to socialize. And I think it's one of the best ones I've ever been at. We had beautiful weather. Um, I mean, you couldn't ask for better weather. The, the courses were great. I got to see it. The turnout was awesome. Um, the, and, you know, the vendors were great. I got to talk to a lot of people, a lot of listeners. And uh, even got to shoot the Sherwood Challenge this year, which is one of our Robin Hood events, and I never get a chance to do that. Plus, I got to uh, I got to run the kids' shoot again this year, the Youth Silver Arrow, and the winners of that have a bow donated, so that was really fun this year too. So um, overall, you know, I camp by John Buchine, the president, and uh, we, you know we're kind of camping buddies. We usually we usually camp 
by each other and, and Rob and, and Jamie and everybody. And we just hung out every day. And, and I tell you, it was a blast. It just, it's such a great event. Um, and I think Thursday was the, was the right move and I hope they keep doing it. Um, but yeah, man, I don't know how much more I could say about it other than that. It's great. And I hope you can make it sometime. Well, and I'm I'm still planning on making it. It is a shoot I, I do want to attend. And I was getting, you know, I was seeing some people post on Facebook and so forth. So I was getting some updates, and it definitely did seem like everybody uh, really enjoyed the enjoyed the the shoot. Um, I talked to to David Darling a good bit, and in fact, I, I do want to talk a little bit about uh, David. But he seemed like he had a, a real good show. Said it was he had a lot of fun and. Uh, got to talk to a lot of um, new prospective customers and and sold a few bows at at uh, GLLI, which I was I was just tickled to death for him. Very 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 proud of him. But um, you know, we talked uh, right after the the episode with with David aired, and you know, he and I have been going back and forth, and I, I dropped a little bit of a teaser last week. So um, you know, as everyone heard when the episode ran. Um, there, there is no sponsor role this week, and the reason for that is we're we're going to announce uh, uh, an upcoming giveaway that we'll be we'll be launching, hopefully in the next couple of weeks. I've got a few details still to work on work out on exactly how we're we're going to do the giveaway. But uh, after we recorded with David, we chatted a little bit, and and David uh, wants to um, work with us to provide a a bow for a giveaway. So. Uh, like I said, that'll launch in a couple of weeks, and and the the details about the bow itself, what I can, what I can share right now is it it will be the winner's choice of models that David has. It can be longbow or recurve in any one of the models that he offers, um, uh, made to the customer's length, the customer's draw weight. Uh, he's going to build the bow using Osage for the riser and you for the uh, limb veneers which is in my opinion a very classic look mm-hmm. and also a bow that that uh, can get some character over time because both of those woods are going to uh, darken and, and change color you know uh, over the life of the bow as the as the bow ages so I think that's very cool um, so that's the bow that's going to be given away um, also to the winner, uh, Traditional Outdoors is also going to throw in a one-year membership for Compton's Traditional Bow Hunters. That will either be a um, a new membership, depending on who wins the bow, or a renewal. If you're already a, mem- a member, we'll pay the um, the next renewal. If you're a life member, we ask that you provide the name of someone that you'd like to uh, donate that that one-year membership to, and I would prefer that be. Uh, a new member or maybe someone that was previously a member has let their membership uh, lapse and wants to renew. So, um, like I said, I'm going to map out the full details over the course of the next couple of weeks, and I'm I'm targeting to actually get this launch somewhere around um, the 1st of, of September. That's the target right now. But like I said, there's some there's just some details I've got to work out as far as how uh, we're going to we're going to let people enter. I'm I'm toying with and trying to get something set up where. Um, they can get multiple entries for doing multiple things. Um, so like, you know, if they, if they like the page or they like the post or maybe they like it on Instagram, any of these things that they do will get them another uh, entry into the, the drawing. So that's what I'm trying to figure out now. It's just taking a little bit of time to put together. Um, that's exciting. Yeah, I'm 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 really excited about it. it was was, you know, when he first mentioned it, I thought, well, you know, I'd like to try to get this done. 
um, you know, before before hunting season. But then I got to thinking about it, and that you know it, that really just didn't make sense between trying to uh, run the contest, run the contest long enough to you know let a, a lot of people get entered in this because I do think it's a pretty big deal. Um, and then also, you know, I don't know what David's lead time is going to be for getting the bow built either. So, uh, I'd rather, I'd rather take the time and, and do it right. Um, so, you know, give me, give me a couple of weeks and I think I can, I can have it ironed out. Uh, and I do also want to mention, David did ask that I mention this when I was talking to him. He is still working on his website. He expects to have that up and running soon. As soon as he does, uh, we'll be sure to to drop a mention on on a future episode and let everybody know that that website is up and running. But until then, you can find him on on Facebook under Kalamazoo Bowworks. So I'm excited about it. I think it's a I think it's a really cool deal, and somebody's going <laughs> to win. A really he was nice excited show. too. One of the things I like about him is his attitude is just so good. He's just a can do guy. Like he's just like, oh yeah, I'll get it done. I'll get it done. Yeah, no problem. He's yep. he just without question. So many and and you know this community is just. It, especially, I you know, I can't really speak for you in Georgia, but in Michigan, it's just fantastic. I mean, everywhere you go, you're just surrounded by great people who are so generous. And I and while I've got the time to wrap GLLI up, I do want to give a huge shout out to Three Bowyers in particular that every year they just continue to give to the MLA so much. But but to the kids in particular, because we're we're the only club that I know of that gives we have a youth silver arrow with three divisions. We go from seven and under eight to 11 and then 12 to 12 to 16. And, uh, they all compete. I, I set up some trick shots and, and stuff like that, that, you know, really, really pick your spot type stuff. Nobody really gets high scores, but, um, you know, the kids get better every year, but you know, the first couple of years that I, I did this, we had, um, you know, we we're like, well, what if we give bows away? you know, you know, to the winners to really try to get people to do it. And we're like, well, you think the, 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 the bowyers will do it. And, you know, and I, I, I locked a couple right away. Dave and Tracy were, were in, you know, from St. Joe river bows, like, well, they'll do the young ones. And then right. Jerry and Bob Brum jumped in and they're like, we'll do the older kids bow. We'll do a custom long bow. And then, you know, we picked up Tom Moran from river raisin and those three have been donating every year without even being asked. It's, exceptional i mean they'll come up to us every year and say oh by the way you know hey we're doing this again next year and they're just i gotta applaud them because it's just a great thing and you know that's on top of giving stuff to auctions and and all kinds of stuff so the they're just awesome people so anyway i wanted to i wanted to, i wanted to give a shout out to them because uh just again yeah they 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 really do. Mm-hmm. Um, and in fact, I reached out to David. We haven't, we haven't ironed all this out yet. Um, but I did reach out to David last week and, um, uh, you know, they, they've, well, I don't know exactly, um, who or how, uh, they do their bowstrings. I've never, I've never really, you know, pressed them on it, but I did tell David the other day that I at least wanted him, uh, and Tracy to let me build, uh, bowstrings for, these giveaway bows that they do for the kids. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna work with try to work with Tracy on that at no cost to them. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna build them. And when she knows she's got some youth bows coming up um, that that they're going to be giving away for stuff like this, I'm gonna I'm gonna build the strings for them, send them to her. It's not a lot, but you know it's it's just something I I feel like I can do to try to help them because I I do know that they they do a lot of that to 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 promote traditional archery and. And and I know Bob and, and Jerry do as well. Um, who's the owner of, of River Raisin? I I, I don't You've know probably him. met you. You'd know him if you saw him. Tom Moran. 
Tom Moran. You don't yep. live far from Dave um, and Tracy. So I, I know the name and I sure I am sure I have met him. I just I I probably wouldn't somebody would probably have to re- introduce him to me because I just I don't know him. And I honestly think more people um, would do it too, but they kind of just beat him to the punch every year. <laughs> you know, they yeah. lock him up right away, but uh, speaking sure. of making strings, you're twisting up a couple for me pretty soon here because I fell back in love with that Schultz and I want to hunt with that this season. Yeah, in fact, I've got I, before before we sat down to do this, I, I I've gotten called up on orders, so all my orders are called up. I've got a couple that I'm, I'm I've got they're still stretching that I got to put silencers in, but uh, if I don't get to yours this afternoon, I'll probably get to them sometime tomorrow. And, and have those headed your well, way. Well, and the funny so. thing is about that, just real quick, is that, you know, I that bow's been on the rack for a while because I've been shooting Phoenix, my St. My Joe. Right. Um, I'm like, I brought it to GLLI, and, you know, John's a, John's a, Buchin's a hill-style hound. You know, so he said, is that your Schultz? And I said, yes. And he took it out, and he goes, why don't you shoot this? And I was like, I don't know. Let's go shoot it. You know, <laughs> you know? so I strung it up, and, man, I fell in love with that bow all over again. Like, it's a it, sweet oh, it is, bow. and and everybody who saw it's like, what is that? Is that a trophy hunter? You know, it, it's just one of those things. So yeah, I'm gonna take that out this year. I I shot it well. Awesome. Shoot the wow. same arrows I I shoot out of Phoenix. They're both almost identical actually, and um, I've got some new aluminums done up. I'm pulling around 840, 843 this year on the weight, and uh, mm-hmm. I'm excited, man. But I thought I'd share that. Well, we're gonna. And we're gonna we're gonna break all the rules because I'm gonna make a fast flight straighten for it. But I am gonna pad the loops. I'm gonna I haven't decided yet. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna make a I'm gonna twist the ends of one up and because I don't remember exactly what the uh, the knot grooves on that bow look like. But I'm either gonna do a 14 padded to 16 or uh, probably a 14 padded to 18. And well, if it, if it helps, uh, they're yeah. hardly there. Like they're so small. Like I almost, I almost well, overshoot it every time I do fourteen and sixteen. <laughs> almost over, but that you said that string that was on it's, it's pretty thick, thick right? Man. It's thick, brother. It's yeah. got to be. I mean, that's got to be a beefy, be, be a beefy B fifty. Like, it, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's sixteen strands. And, and honestly, if you really want to know, I could put them in the mail too. So, um, but. Well, I would say just take and uh, we're getting into shop talk here. We need to get the big use, <laughs> but uh, I would just take it and you know take one of the strings and and untwist a section of it where you can pull the fibers sure. apart. Um, I think it's just two colors, so just count you know one bundle, and if it's eight, then you know it's a sixteen. If it's seven, you know it's fourteen. Just let me know. Um, the the D ninety seven will be a little bit smaller diameter in the string itself, but then when I pad the loops, I'm you know the goal would be to get it you know to the same size. There as you go, ladies and gentlemen. Now so. you know how to uh, find out how many strands the strings that have been on your bow is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, if if that one if that one was hard to figure out, there you go. That's 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 worth the nickel for for today's today's episode. <laughs> so uh, so let's let's do a quick intro to our our guest. Um, I know. You know, we've we've had some scheduling challenges, and uh, I had this guy um, uh, lined up, and just the way everything fell in place, really the only time I could interview him was was during my lunch. Um, so, you know, you you just weren't able to attend this one, and I kind of hate it. But the flip side of it, Nick, and and I'll get into a little bit of that in a second, but it probably worked out for the best um, because of the. The slight gap in the in the, the the language barrier. There was a bit of a language barrier there, and I think it would have probably been uh, a little intimidating uh, for this gentleman just trying to listen to both mm-hmm. of us. Especially if people haven't noticed, we have a little bit of a, a difference in 
um, in our in our our uh, dialect and our accents. So it, <laughs> it would have probably been a little little bit of a, a challenge for him. But if anybody hasn't heard, and you actually didn't recognize his name, but you had seen him, we talked a little bit before we started recording. Mm-hmm. Um, Peter Yulsgar, and he his name is spelled J U U L G A A R D. Uh, I think I got that right. I may have missed a letter in there somewhere, but um, he's he so he's he lives in Denmark, uh, and he's he's got a, a YouTube channel. Now the YouTube channel is just under his name, and I'll put a link in the show notes. But a lot of the hunting videos he does, he does under the the moniker of Tales from the Widow Willow Tales from the Willows. Um, I almost said Widow because he shoots Black Widow, but it's Tales from the Willows. And I'll be honest, he's been linking some of these on Facebook, and I watched two or three, and man, I just I I I, I was entranced by. It. I fell in love with them. Yeah, he's they're cool um, for sure. It's different. That they're very cool. And what really struck me, and the reason I reached out to him is, if he didn't speak, you wouldn't you wouldn't even know he's hunting, uh, you know, on a different continent. Uh, you know, he's the, the, his surroundings look very similar to what, you know, most of us here in the States, if we're hunting whitetails hunt, there's a lot of vegetation. Uh, he's hunting, you know, some, some areas he's hunting fence rows, there's agricultural fields, what looks like oak trees. Uh, you know, it's just, it looks very, very similar until one of these deer that he's hunting steps out. Um, he's hunting roe deer primarily. That's R O E mm-hmm. uh, for those that aren't familiar with it. And I think he said uh, during while we were recording that you know the average size is something like sixty to sixty five pounds. Hmm. Um, that's a full grown deer, so they're they're a lot smaller. But there was some just some really cool things came out of this. I think people are are going to really enjoy it. You may have to um, listen a bit more intently than normal because English is his second language. He spent a lot of time preparing <laughs> for this for Man, this interview. Yeah, that's that? dedication. Preparing to be on our podcast. It, that's that's something. <laughs> For way over there. It is. He and he really he really wanted to do it. Another and another cool thing I haven't even told you this is um the the day before I was supposed to record with him, I got a Facebook message from and I'm a I hope I don't butcher his name, Imra Omrock. It runs bow hunting soul. Oh yeah, yeah. And he had reached out to him and was shocked to find out that I had already scheduled uh, time to record with him. So, Emma's going to reach out to him in a few weeks and have him on his podcast as well. And it's well deserved. This guy's he's just he's great. It's fun to listen to him. Uh, it's fun to watch his videos. Uh, I mean, it's just like I said, I I was honored to have him on the. That's on the awesome! Podcast. I can't wait to hear it. Well, I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, again, everybody, um, you know, please take the time to, to to you know really listen. There's some there's some great lessons I think in listening to some of this. Some of the things that that Peter has to go through uh, in order to hunt. Some of the differences and challenges that he faces uh, being in Denmark and some of the laws there. Uh, but anyway, really interesting stuff. And he's actually getting ready to do his first um, hunt out of his, his native country, which is pretty interesting well, but you'll hear about that in the podcast, so I really don't want to get, in, get into that now. So uh, with all that being said, let's jump right in, and here is Mr. Peter Yulesgar. 
So joining me today from, uh, I guess you'd say, uh, across the big pond, we've we've reached out to a, a fellow traditional bow hunter in Denmark. I'm I'm very excited to be joined today, and I'm going to try not to butcher this last name, Peter, by Mr. Peter Yulsgar. How did I do? Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> Sounded just fine. So uh, did I, is, is my pronunci- pronunciation correct, or is it pronounced uh, it's, differently it's depending almost, on where you almost. are? Almost correct. I'm I'm pronouncing it uh, more like Peter Yulesgar. Yulesgar. So, okay. So, but you are so you're located in uh, Denmark, and I'll be honest, I I ran across you. I don't know. It's probably been. I guess we've been trading messages and talking a little bit for about a about a month now. I guess, but yeah. Uh, ran across your uh, links that you were posting on Facebook to your to your YouTube channel and found myself just sitting there watching. I don't know how much time I spent. Probably probably an hour, hour and a half total watching some of these videos yeah. that you've that you've put out. And I do want to spend a little bit of time talking about those uh, here a little bit later. But but some fantastic videos and and I, I immediately said, you know what, I need to reach out and 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 get this guy on the on the on the horn, so to speak, and and, and record an episode <laughs> with you. So I'm I'm excited I'm excited to have you here. Um, so what's the what's the the season and the and the weather like uh, where you live right now? It's uh, it's the summertime now, the end of the summer, I would say. We are in August, um, and it's normally the most hot period uh, of our summer. So that's that's the same way everywhere. And we were talking just before yeah. we started recording, and it's about a a six hour time difference. So it's twelve just after twelve noon here, and for you, it's like six thirty in the afternoon. So yeah. about a six hour time difference. Yeah. So. Um, there's a lot of things that I've noticed as I was watching some of your videos that I want to uh, I want to talk about, but I'm I'm gonna try to kind of work these in. Um, and for everyone listening, you know, you and I talked about this, so I want to call it out. English is your second language. Um, <laughs> yeah. So between between my redneck Southern accent and and your Danish accent, we're gonna try to make this work. But I I think we're I think we're gonna be fine here. So uh, I hope so. <laughs> if there's anything if there's anything that I say that just doesn't make sense. Please do not hesitate to ask. <laughs> but the 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 first thing I wanted to kind of talk a little bit about Peter is you know how how your hunting journey started. Were you you know have you always been a traditional bow hunter or do you have you or do you still hunt with other methods? No, it's um, it's almost uh, with the traditional bow. Uh, I was starting with a compound uh, back in ninety nine. Uh, when I passed the bow hunting test, which is required uh, to be able to bow hunt uh, here in Denmark. And uh, we have to renew that license every fifth year uh, to maintain our rights to bow hunt. But um, I, was, I was hunting with a compound bow for 14 years. And uh, as the year as a, and the years and as the years went by, I've killed 30 deer, so I was being more and more interested in the traditional bows. So, so that's not that's not that dissimilar than than myself. Um, so, how how long now have you been hunting with uh, traditional gear? 
How many uh, years? Since uh, I've, I've been hunting with uh, the reapers and the longbows since uh, 2013, uh, when I was p- passing the test with the recurve. So about six years. Yeah, six years. Awesome. So tell tell us a little bit about this test. I know there's there's some there's some areas you know here in the states. Um, I've, I personally have never participated or hunted in any, on any of these properties, but I have heard of instances where hunters had to go and go through a um, skills qualifications type test or something. But what what is what is the exam that you have to go through every five years? Give us a little more detail about that. Yeah, it's uh, it's um, first you <clears throat> of course first you need to have a, a regular hunting license and. Uh, <clears throat> And then you you're gonna have to take a course in one day, and uh, I'm actually an instructor myself uh, to these course courses. So, and you need that course uh, in one day, and and then you have to to pass a theoretical test with uh, twenty questions, and you have to have the you can only have two falls uh, out of these uh, 20 questions. And um, after that, you have to shoot at uh, six deer targets. And uh, five out of the six needs to be in inside the, the vitals. And that's on unknown distances. So, so you, and <clears throat> let's say the targets don't stand between each other. So, so you can't see the next target, uh, it's it's like a 3D course, but but it's a a face target uh, with a buck on it, and so <clears throat> so when you have shot the first target, uh, you are you are fetching the arrow and you are walking behind the uh, the well, what <laughs> the officer, <laughs> the uh, the test officer, let's call, call him that. Sure. And you're you're walking with him uh, to the next target, um, and 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 you have to to shoot five out of six uh, within the the kill zone. Now, are the are the ranges the same whether you're shooting a compound or traditional gear, yeah, or do yeah. they? So it's, it's the, the same, same distance. Wow, it's the same distance. It's, uh, it's out. It's up to uh, 24, 25 meters. Oh, okay, okay. So the that's longest. that's 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 still within what most would consider. It's a little bit longer than I would like to shoot, but I, I could probably shoot uh, 24, 24 meters. Um, but yeah. I mean, if if you think about it, you know here here in the states, if they did something like that, they would most likely have the compound targets out to you know forty or fifty yards, probably. Yeah. Um, but. So very very cool. Now, uh, but uh, but the the road here is is not so big. Uh, the kill zone is is maybe about seven inches or so. So so it's not a white tail deer. And I that was exactly where I was getting ready to go. I, I've noticed you know watching the videos that it looks like the primary big game animal that you hunt is this roe deer, uh, yeah. R O E, and. It does look smaller now. When you say a kill zone of seven inches for yeah. whitetails, um, personally, I've always used uh, you know uh, uh, an example 
being eight inches. So it's not not that much difference as far as the as the kill zone, but you you can tell you know through the videos that the that the roe deer is is smaller than the typical whitetail. Um, yeah. I'm sure there's areas in the states that have whitetail species that are or subspecies that are about the same size because you know they're not they're not all the same size here. It depends on location. They can be yeah, a lot they, larger they, body. They weigh about uh, fifty to sixty pounds, not more. The roe deer. Wow. Yeah. That's 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 even tinier than it than it looked. Yeah. And that's an uh, adult roe deer. Right. And I do want to get I, I do want to talk more about the road deal because there's some things I've been watching that uh, in the videos that there's definitely some similarities there between the whitetail and the whitetail hunter. But so you started hunting with a a, a compound. Um, was that was that something that um, you know family members or you know your was your father did your father hunt or was it uh, was it something that you just picked up later in life that you were just drawn to do? Yeah, as yeah, my father was uh, was a hunter, but but uh, he wasn't a bow hunter. So, but um, I was starting uh, the bow hunting when I was uh, about uh, 24, 24, 25 years old, uh, because I, I I was being aware of that it was possible to be a bow hunter, and uh, about nineteen ninety nine. The bow hunting was actually being legal in Denmark at that time, and I was uh, one of the first uh, to be bow hunting in Denmark after the rules was uh, being legalized. Sure. Uh, before that, we had bow hunting, but that was uh, some kind of uh, dispension uh, on some kind of dispension where you have to call the police every time you, you're going on hunting and tell them I'm going to hunt over there and I'm going to hunt over there today and tomorrow I'm going to hunt over there. You're going to call the police every time. But after 1999, it was being legal. So so now we, we, we can pass the test and we have a bow hunting license and and then we can bow hunt. Interesting. As now, much as we like. Now, how each each season? Um, I'm assuming you're given. Um, uh, are you given a certain amount of tags uh, each year that you can? No, 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 no. That, there's no tags. All the deer is mine. Are there are there are there seasons or is it pretty yeah, much year yeah, round? Yeah, of course we okay. have seasons. Okay. Uh, we have seasons, uh, and we are. As you probably know, we are hunting the Robux uh, in uh, from May the sixteenth and uh, to July the fifteenth, and that's only the buck in the summertime. Okay, and uh, the and and the rut is in in August, so we are hunting the buck before the rut. Okay. And uh, and October the first, we can hear, hunt the rows and uh, or the does. Let's call them the does, the does and the fawns, too, and the bucks. 
Now, are there are there other than small game, and we'll talk about small game in a little bit too. But other than small, than the are there any other big game species that you can hunt besides the roebuck, or is that pretty much yeah, what you have, have available? Uh, we have uh, red deer and fallow deer. Red deer and fallow deer. Now, but, is, is the but, is the seasons the same for those, or are they different? No, they they they're different. Okay, uh, and and it's it's a matter of of region in Denmark. Okay. Some some places it starts in in um, September, and in some regions it's it's first starting uh, November and December. So, but 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 <laughs> the red deer and the fallow deer, we we can't hunt those deer with the traditional bow because. They requires, in order to our state laws, 80 joules of kinetic energy to hunt with a bow. And that's about uh, 60 foot-pounds of kinetic energy in your, in, your, right. scale, in your scale. And it's a little difficult with a traditional bow <laughs> to get 80 joules with a thread bow. Um, I can't do it with my bows. So... When I'm going to hunt the bigger deer, I'm going to use the compound. Right. Because, 80, because 80 joules is, is no problem with a compound. Right, right. Sounds like they kind of force you. Um, yeah. They force your hand there. And, I mean, I can I can understand that. Um, but I, I didn't know it. That's, that's interesting. I, I know we have... Uh, that makes about as much sense as some of the some of the laws that we have in certain states where they limit you have to have a bow that's pulling a certain amount of poundage, uh, which means absolutely nothing. Um, it's all about yeah. The, yeah. the the right the arrow setup, right? Well, in the <clears throat> the right arrow setup, if you're shooting a if you're shooting a, a thirty pound bow with the right arrow that's tuned for that bow, versus yeah. uh, a fifty pound bow with a poorly tuned arrow that's that's flying sideways when it comes out of the bow, yeah. you know the the thirty pound bow is going to be much more effective and much more efficient, but they don't. You know, it's just it's just a draw weight thing. So, yeah. and uh, the rodeo requires uh, forty joules, which is about uh, thirty foot pounds of kinetic energy uh, to hunt, and and that's pretty much true actually. But uh, I can do that with a thread bow. Right. Right. Well, and, it, and and again from the videos, and I'll be sure to put a link in the in the show notes to your video channel, so people that you know haven't found your haven't found your videos can can find you to see some of these because you know some of the well the 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 footage is great, the video quality is great, and the you know it's it's pretty exciting to watch some of these hunts, and you can you can tell. I mean, it's it's um it's a much smaller target than a lot of us are are familiar with or are used to you know here in the states. Yeah. Um, but so let's let's talk about your equipment a little bit. Um, so uh, and I've seen you. I think in the videos you've shot both longbows and recurves. I know some of the most recent ones you were using. A, I think yeah. it was a Black Widow recurve, wasn't it? Yeah. Okay. It was a Black Widow KB two. And and how are is it is it difficult to get equipment in Denmark, or is it just you you just have to pay a little bit extra no. for the shipping and so forth? No, if you're the smart guy, uh, you just you you just have to wait because uh, uh, people are changing their bows all the time <laughs> because they 
they think <laughs> they think the it, it is the bow that's the problem. So <laughs> so you can buy you can buy all the good stuff <laughs> if you're just waiting. Just patient. And uh, yeah, uh, but of course it's easy easy enough to 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 order a bow from uh, from you in the United States. That's no problem. Uh, we just have some taxes uh, tax rules and we have to pay maybe about about 50% extra to get it in sure. our country because and, of some taxes and i imagine being that you know here in the states we don't have many um we don't have many archery shops or stores that cater to traditional bow hunters i imagine it's worse there so you're probably doing just about everything yourself right yeah <clears throat> yeah i am uh, what do you mean? Do well, like, like um, you're making your own arrows, um, yeah. making your own bowstrings, that that no, kind of thing. I would no, imagine no. there's not a lot of places to help you set the stuff up. You just kind of learn how to do it yourself. Yeah, I've learned it myself, but um, I'm going to buy the bowstrings because we have we have archery shops uh, in Denmark. And oh, very I cool. haven't I haven't made a bowstring uh, myself in. It, I, it, I so is so is is bow hunting you know pretty pretty popular over there? You said you know when it first start when it was first legalized, you were one of the first. But I mean, is it is it pretty popular today, or is it still um, pretty 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 uh, spread out? Not as not as many people doing it. Oh, it's it's uh, it's pretty popular, but uh, we are only three thousand bow hunters. Okay. Uh, in Denmark, and we are maybe two hundred thousand uh, hunters. So, and and out of the three thousand, there is maybe uh, fifty to a hundred traditional bow hunters. So, so, so there's not many. <laughs> yeah, not uh, not many at all. Not many at no, all. No. So. Here's the one thing that that I've noticed um, in watching your videos, and well, let me before I go into that, let me ask you this: Have you ever hunted anywhere outside of Denmark? No, not yet. Not yet. So, not yet. anything planned? Yeah. Well, well, let's hear about that then. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's not uh, it's not legal to bow hunt uh, uh, in all European countries, but uh, in Spain, for example. It's legal to bow hunt, and uh, they don't have these rules about kinetic energies. So this fall, me and my buddies uh, Thomas and Martin are planning a trip to Spain uh, after red deer and mufflon sheep. Oh, that sounds cool! And, uh, and of course, I'm going to take the camera with me. I'll be watch. I'll be watching for that vi those videos. Um, and I did, I did know that about some, you know, European countries, uh, just, yeah. you know, a few weeks ago we had, uh, Rashid, uh, Khan from the UK on, and, and that was one of the things that we, we spent a good bit of time talking about is, you know, he's a, he's a bow hunter that can't bow hunt. He has to, he, he has to travel in order to be able to bow hunt because it's not allowed there. So, um, yeah. pretty, pretty amazing that, you know. In, in this day and age that there are still uh, places where you you just can't bow hunt but you and it's funny to me it was funny because it's, you know they can hunt over there with a firearm you would think it would be the other way around it's just yeah. you know, a little bit backwards yeah 
But that that's because people think that that bow hunting is some kind of evil deed. I think because you're gonna shoot the deer and it's gonna bleed out. Right, right. Uh, because they they don't fall around and there is a cross in the eyes and they are uh, flying up in the sky uh, with wings. <laughs> if you understand. Yeah, no, I, I understand. I understand. Yeah. So one one thing you didn't mention, and I did want to ask this. Um, you know, in 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 most areas, most people that that you that I that I've spoken with, one of the animals that seems to be pretty consistent that people can hunt everywhere is feral uh, hogs or or wild hogs that have you know were domesticated and they've they over the years they've they've gotten loose and. Uh, and become become feral, become wild. Is is that something you have in Denmark at all, or are there are there no feral hogs there? No, we don't have uh, wild. We have wild hogs, but we don't want wild hogs uh, because because most of our export uh, industry export is is uh, it's uh, domestic uh, hogs, pigs. Gotcha. So, so they they don't want the wild hogs because they can infest our domestic pigs. I see, and believe me, most places here we don't want them. It's just it's it's virtually impossible to eradicate them. They they just you know a lot of the hogs here, you know, they've been around since the 1600s, and <laughs> and they you know they just. They do what they do, and it's you can you can take a lot of them out, but when you've got sows that drop, you know, uh, sounders of piglets multiple times a year, uh, it's just almost impossible to eradicate them. But I will say this: they are a lot of fun to hunt. <laughs> I believe that they have them in Spain. I was getting ready to say I was pretty sure they had them in Spain. Yeah, you're, if you're going after if you're going after sheep and and red deer, you probably aren't going to be too concerned with trying to find a pig. But maybe another no. maybe another trip. Yeah. But uh, if there is a pig, I'm going to eat it. <laughs> if opportunity presents itself, right? Yes. Nothing wrong with that. Okay, so let's let's talk a little bit about the um, uh, a little bit about the the hunting videos and and some of the things that you know that I've watched. I don't want to. I think people should go in and watch these for themselves. So, uh, you know, we may touch on a few specific ones, but one thing, so a couple of things that I noticed um, in your videos is even though you're, you know, you're again across the pond, you're a long ways from, from where I hunt here in the States. Looking at, at some of the areas that you're hunting, it doesn't look that much different. I mean, there's, there's agricultural fields. Um, it looks to be very thick, lush vegetation. Um, it, it just doesn't. It doesn't seem that different from what we're hunting in the states. I don't think it. It is very different. Different. I think it's it's about the same. And I have learned. I've learned to hunt uh, bow hunt my way by looking uh, how you do it. I can say that. So, so are you are you setting up on food sources or on you on you know areas where the deer are traveling from bedding to um, feed sources or it's just it's uh, it's on uh, above the the deer trace uh, trails 
It's about the deer trails. Okay. Uh, where the, the deer is moving. That's and you preferred. That's, f- that's my preferred. And if 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 the, there's acorn in in October, for example, I'm going to hunt where the acorns. Yes. It, it's it's really I don't know it, I, and I don't know why it surprises me so much, Peter. It, it sounds so similar. Everything about it, acorns falling in October, pretty much the yeah. same here. I mean, sometimes they they can start in late September, but you know the acorns are falling in October. The your the rut that you have is earlier than most places I hunt. I do know of some places where the rut starts late August, early September, but they're they're very few. It it it, it just it's it's really surprising how similar it all is. Um, to where I hunt in the, here in the southern United States. I think it is very similar to whitetails. So, but uh, everybody in Denmark knows something about the roe deer. And uh, at the end of the day, we actually don't know very much about them. And uh, the one day they see you at 100 meters. And uh, the other day... You can have a party up in your stand, and they don't see anything. <laughs> I, be, I, be, I believe I believe it's the same with the white tail. You know, uh, you can always find. In fact, there was something said on Facebook this morning about uh, a, a, a buddy of mine that I've gotten to know pretty good. It runs another podcast. Uh, Andrew Maxwell posted in a <laughs> in a, a Facebook group about you know so much today are talking about learning. Uh, the the behaviors of whitetails and the patterns and where they bed and how to set up on beds and where the bucks will travel, and then I'll you know just last year he had, he shot a deer that followed none of those rules, and I was saying you know that I think they they're just like people you know a lot of times they they follow certain patterns um, do the same things over and over again and then sometimes you'll have an individual that just decides you know what I don't want to do it that way <laughs> so uh, you know I, I think you know they're they're a lot like like us in certain ways they're they're they don't always do what you would expect them and they don't always behave the way you would expect um, and it's 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 the movement they see exactly, they're the exactly movement. right yeah. So so, and I think it's the same with the whitetails. Uh, if you have uh, camouflaged uh, in your face and you're green all over the place, if you move and they're looking, they see you anyway. What and uh, if 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 you have uh, a red jacket and they're not looking, they don't see you. But if you're moving, they see you anyway. So it doesn't really matter. It's it's the movements they see all the time very true what about what about the uh the roe deer's uh sense of smell is it is it pretty acute and do they use their nose like a whitetail does to, to uh, catch they, they are uh, some kind of uh, licking the air uh, around their nose uh, licking the air uh, licking their own nose to refresh the scent i'll call it that so you you have to you have to prepare for wind direction and so forth, yeah, just of like course. You, yeah, yeah. Um, I need to have the wind in my face, uh, and um, if I don't have that, the deer need to be very close because the wind will drive over the the deer. If I'm very close, 
but um, but I need to have the wind in my face. And if if they are if they are suspicious uh, about uh, something they see, they are gonna stand up, stand and 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 lift their head uh, like and and some kind of licking their nose, their own nose. To I don't know if the white tail is doing that. They yes, they do. Um, it, it, I don't know. They may not do it as much, but they definitely do. Uh, keep their their nose moist. I mean, it's 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 part of their ability yeah. to smell as well as they as they do. Yeah, uh, and they also do that uh, trick with uh, trying to look like they are going to eat and snapping and, their head up, uh, snapping the head up uh, again, just to cheat you. Right, right. and <laughs> they're doing that too. So, so just this morning, I went back and watched. Um, a video that you had actually released uh i don't know that seemed like it was like a month or two ago around uh your 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 big uh roebuck that you that you yeah. took and and there were a couple of things about that video I, I i did want to talk to you about um the first being right at the beginning of the video you're talking about your your season was was delayed or something like that and you you didn't get into yeah. and, and you mentioned world war three and, <laughs> and <laughs> I, I scratched my head a little bit and i said what i i couldn't figure out exactly what you were talking thank about you so thank you, you for hearing that you got to tell me what that was about <laughs> yeah that because in denmark we don't have uh, anything called the bow season and the gun season or the crossbow season or anything it's all the same season for every hunter so at may the 16th it's gonna say bang 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 all over the place <laughs> and you and you are sitting up in your tree and thinking now the buck is coming and bang it's it's gonna say just around the corner so that's why i'm calling it world war three so we call it the we call it the the invasion of the orange army here because everybody has to wear hunter orange. But yeah. I I really didn't I didn't put the two and two together that you were talking about the the gun no, hunters. But all the Danes, I do, uh, they know what I'm talking about. <laughs> that's that's, <laughs> that's very cool. <laughs> so <Sorry>. so you, <laughs> you had had you seen this buck? I know uh, again without I don't want to give away too much of the video. People need to watch the videos; they're really cool. But you had a close encounter with this this buck um, before you actually got a chance to take a shot at it. Now, had you yeah. seen the buck before that, or was that the first time? No, you had... no, I, I I haven't seen this buck. Uh, I was kind of surprised uh, over seeing this buck uh, because he was a pretty nice one for a roebuck. I have to say it. Uh, as, uh, maybe... If you are looking at it uh, from a whitetail perspective, I would say this one was a 10-point. But the only difference is that he is only a 6-point because when the roe deer is topping, uh, they are a 6-point, <laughs> if, you, if you understand. So that's, that's uh, basically, if I think I understand you, to, to rephrase that, uh, a 6-point is about as about as good as you can expect for a roebuck yeah, and it would yeah. be the equivalent of a, a 10 yeah. point whitetail 
Yeah, right. maybe a 10 point. Or maybe an old 8 point or something like that. And it's it's always hard to for me and and I try to do some some video uh stuff each year hoping to do a little bit more this year but it's hard to tell distances always get you know the the the, the video aspect makes the distances look different so I know the 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 first time you saw that that little buck he was or that big buck i shouldn't say little that he was chasing the chasing the yeah. does um yeah how uh, about how far was that it was uh, about uh, when he was just in line of me he was uh, about 15 meters out uh, at that time because when i'm filming the deer there I'm not going to zoom on him because uh, we have enough to do uh, with holding the bow and, and so sure. so I have just turned the camera on and and I'm I'm making some kind of a digital zoom on my editor uh, to try to see him better but he is out uh, in in about 15 meters uh, that's about 17 yards I think so when he when he stopped that one time, he was in range, but he was quartering towards you a little bit yeah, and just really yeah. didn't give a good shot. So it was not it was not a shot opportunity, and he was alert. Maybe he was alert, but I don't think he could see me. But he was looking uh, in my direction, so it's not a good idea to to take a shot at him because at seventeen yards. 18 yards and uh, and with a thread bow and uh, the road here is very fast to respond on the string i guarantee you well you could definitely tell that when you when you did get a shot opportunity at him i mean uh not many whitetails are going to to move out any faster than that buck did i mean he was he was out of there in a flash yeah um so he, you you I'm sorry go ahead Peter. He he didn't react before the arrow hit but as soon as it hit he was gone. Well that he was, that shot was pretty close though. I mean what yeah. maybe what 10 meters? Yeah yeah 8 8 to 10 meters. Uh, I'm I think I'm I'm saying 10 meters in the video but uh, I was still standing up in the stand so was, uh, at that time but when I was coming down to the ground I could see it was maybe eight meters, uh, seven to seven to ten meters, about that. So, ten yards. Well, I I I know it was close, and yeah. uh, like I said, when the and I agree, I didn't see him react to the to the shot, but the arrow was there so quick. Yeah. But but when that arrow hit, he was he was out of there. Um, <laughs> and and you know I I know you follow the. You you follow the the blood trail and the recovery. How about how far did he did he make it before you found him? He was about uh, forty meters, forty meters, about uh, so 40, 43, 40, 43 yards. Yeah, I was getting ready to say about forty three like to forty five yards. So not yeah. not far at all. No, um, no, no. And I wanted to ask you as I was watching. And I'll, I'll be honest, I, I love those recovery videos about as much as I do, you know, the actual the actual shot footage. Um, it's the to me that's where the the anticipation really starts to build up when you're <laughs> when you're following the trail like that. Um, the one thing that that I noticed in that was, and I mentioned this earlier, just how thick 
the vegetation is. And I was going to ask you, is that it almost looked like, um, you know, uh, uh, like not really swamp, but almost like wetlands here. I mean, is it is it like a marsh where you're hunting there or is it just, you know, just that much vegetation that it's just that thick and green? It's uh, this is a regular farmland, uh, but uh, but this is a huge uh, living fence. Okay. And the old and and where the, the deer was running to was an old uh, old road, uh, which is growing, uh, growing uh, over all over the place. So so it's not used anymore that road. So so the grass is going to be one meter high or something like that. And the deer was falling into a, a ditch, as you could see. Mm, right. Uh, beside the uh, that ditch was running beside this road so so let me uh, and, and that that puts something else into a little bit more perspective so the vegetation is a meter high yeah and you're talking about a, a target that at from from the ground to its back is probably um i'm guessing <laughs> two and a half feet yeah something like that it's maybe to to its 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 back uh, from the ground to its back. It's maybe sixty centimeters. Wow! Like that. <laughs> <laughs> so so I, I imagine you have a lot of these a lot of these roe deer uh, yeah. sneak up on you and you never hear them, never know they're yeah. there until yeah. they just appear. Yeah, and <clears throat> and that's why we are often hunt, hunting the roe deer from. From the stands, because when you're up in there, it's it's much easier to to place the arrow where it's supposed to be. Sure, sure. Do you and ever uh, do you ever hunt do you ever hunt the roe deer from the ground at all, or is it pretty much a, an elevated stand game? Uh, it's 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 ninety nine percent of the time uh, elevated. But but I had I have killed maybe with a trap bow. I have I have killed one deer from the ground. One deer, and uh, and with the compounds, I have maybe killed ten from the ground, something like that, and I have have killed uh, about fifty plus roe deer with my bows in all. So it's it it's not many from the ground, right? So I, I hate to back up here, but I've been kind of thinking about this as we're going through, and and just curious have. Have you thought about, you know, trying to um, get some of the traditional bow hunters together to um, challenge the ruling around the the minimum kinetic energy for the you know the the bigger animals, or is that something you just feel like would be uh, it would be hard to get anyone to listen to you? I think it's it would be hot. To get anyone to listen to to me, because because we are so few bow hunters compared to the regular hunter, right? And uh, it's also politics. So because we have some opposition against hunting, and oppositions against bow hunting, and uh, when they are they are. Um, making these rules they are making some kind of bargaining to to make it legal 
and um, and they have to to make some 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 uh, set the rules high uh, the, the kinetic energy requirement they need to put high because uh, to to be sure there isn't any red deer running around with a with an arrow uh, so so mr and and mrs jensen don't uh, gonna see that in the news i so. see i see it is just it's it's i don't know i, I guess it, it's frustrating to me just because i know <laughs> you know within within what i consider uh, ethical bow hunting range uh, i don't feel you know the trad bow has no, has problem. any disadvantages over a over a compound so no. um, i haven't i haven't tried it on the larger game but i know if if we we are using the uh, the right broadhead and uh, the right arrow weight i can't see that there'll be a problem i'm going to spain and i'm going to kill the biggest uh, red deer and i'm going to make a video <laughs> and i'm going to show it to the other bow hunters in denmark and I can't, man. I can't. I can't wait to see it. I really, I really can't. Um, and I normally wouldn't, you know, I, I normally wouldn't go down the this path. But because it's because it's something that's, you know, really outside of your control as far as you know, you're forced to hunt with a compound if you if you hunt the the larger species. Um, a couple of questions I would ask you there is one. Um, which which do you prefer to do? Do you prefer to hunt the roe deer with the trad gear, or um, do you do you enjoy hunting the larger species enough that it's 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 worthwhile to you to pick up the compound and go back and and hunt those with a compound? <clears throat> well, <clears throat> I would say I haven't killed uh, one of the larger deer before. Not even with a compound, because in my region there is not too many of them. But we have a little fellow, fellow deers, uh, a little amount of, of fellow deers. But uh, the season for the fellow deer in my region is is December the first, and uh, we never see them at that time of year. We only see them at summer in, in summer times. But uh, there's no season, so. Nothing. But when uh, December the first is coming, I'm gonna take my compound bow and uh, I'm uh, taking off the sights and uh, no peep sight, and I'm gonna shoot it with my finger. <laughs> so I'm gonna shoot it like a trap bow because just because I'm stubborn. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you if you if you enjoy the 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 aspect of what is shooting traditional gear, but you're forced to hunt with a a compound, that's the that's kind of the best trade off to me. The the best compromise. Uh, I actually made a video last December uh, uh, with the compound bow, and um, I was hoping there was coming a, a fellow deer, but there wasn't, and there was coming a roe deer instead. So. <laughs> So I killed the road there with my compound bow with a, without no sight, and uh, there is a video on my channel about that. I'll have but to go. I'll have to go back and look for it. I, 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 but uh, but it is a Danish video. But uh, remember, there's subtitles on the Danish videos. So 
I was no actually, problem to. I was actually going to mention that that um, most of most of the ones that I've listened to, uh, you're you're speaking English, and I would just tell you, you know, you're 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 doing a fantastic job here. So, um, but I did notice that that even the ones that are in Danish, you do have the subtitles, so it's it's pretty yeah. easy to follow along. And I can I can't promise I I'm not gonna make any more Danish videos because I'm gonna make some Danish videos because uh, sometimes I'm gonna hunt with some of my buddies and uh, and when we are talking together we don't want to speak English with each other so sure of course I'm gonna make Danish video uh, and uh, I'm gonna subtitle I promise. Well, uh, like I said, I've enjoyed every one I've watched. I, I probably have watched, I don't know, maybe, I don't even know how many you've got out here, but I've probably watched a third, maybe half of the videos. Um, my problem when I'm sitting around watching videos like this, I usually get distracted like three or four times. So to really see everything, I have to go back and watch them two or three times in a row to, yeah. <laughs> to, see, to see it all. So when you're, when you're, um, when you're not hunting uh, roe deer, Peter, what what other you, you obviously probably have some small game you can hunt. Um, do you spend a yeah. lot of time doing that? And what what kind of animals are you hunting as as small game? Yeah, we 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 have um, pheasants and and hares and, uh, and rabbits, and they are, I would say in the small game category, the rabbit is is one of my favorites uh, to hunt. But we don't have rabbits all over the country. Uh, the wild rabbits is only living on some of our small islands, but uh, still in great numbers. And I have a, I have a rabbit hunting video also. And every year we are going going to take a trip to the small islands with my buddies and uh, hunt some rabbits. And actually, we are going <laughs> to travel to to one of the islands uh, here in September, September the first. Because the season starts for the rabbits uh, September the first, so uh, we are gonna film some hunts over there. And you're not you're not hunting the rabbits in the in the meter tall uh, grass and weeds, are you? No, uh, it's it's farmland, uh, but the rabbits uh, is a pestilence, uh, so they okay. have eaten eaten all the the crops from the farmer. So so he's happy because we are coming to to hunt the rabbits. So it's no problem to see the rabbits, but <clears throat> but they are living in in some holes, and uh, we we need to to uh, spot and stalk the rabbits uh, along some uh, some what do you call them stone stone fences, and they are coming out of the uh, they have some kind of a hive in in those uh, stone fences. And they are going to the field uh, to eat, and then we can shoot them. But we have to to hit them very precisely because if you are hitting them too far back, for example, they they are running into the holes, and you can't get them. Oh, okay. So you pretty much have to have to have to either anchor them down or or yeah, not not let have them run to very far. Cut, cut the main switch somehow. Uh, which I do, I try to do, I cut the main switch. Now, are you hunting those with broadheads too? Yeah, I'm using uh, three blades, broadhead. 
And I know in the in the the one video we were talking about earlier, you were shooting the the three blade VPA. Is that pretty yeah, much what yeah. you shoot most of the time? Yeah, it's 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 again the Danish uh, rules in Denmark uh, because we need to have three blades on our broadheads. We can't. <laughs> we oh, you can't, can't uh, shoot. You can't hunt no, with two blades. No, we can't hunt. We can't hunt with two blades because the two blade, according to the <laughs> the state, is. It's not sufficient enough <laughs> to, to kill a deer, to kill a roe deer. Wow. It's not, it's not. We need three blades. So, of course, we can use a four blade. Yeah, we can do that like, like the Magnums, uh, the Magnus uh, right, right. Stinger, Magnus Stinger and Swiggy Eskimo with four blades and, and, and heads like that. We can use that. So I'm going to ask you this question anyway, even though it really doesn't matter in your situation. But, I mean, do you prefer uh, a three-blade head or would you would you prefer to hunt with a two-blade if you could or does it just not matter? Well, when I'm going to Spain, I'm going to use a two-blade. <laughs> single, single bevel. <laughs> single bevel, single two-blade. Bevel, two, two-blade. 200 grain. Which which head are you using? Uh, I'm, I'm, I have uh, some grizzly stick uh, samurai. Okay. I Very think that's a good. Uh, that's a good head. I think. Yes, it's, it, it's expensive. It's a. It, it's a expensive head. They yes, they are expensive, and I will say, you know, I've 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 used, I've had. I, I'll just I'll leave it at this. I've had bad luck with three blade heads, so I don't I don't use them anymore. Uh, no. And I I shoot. Uh, some most years, I actually will kill a deer with. Uh, both single bevel and with double bevel because there's still just there's several different model broad two blade broadheads that I I just really love hunting with them um, and some of them are single bevel and some of them are, are double bevel but you'll like that that double that double blade head um, yeah. I mean that single bevel head excuse me uh, did do you do you have um, you have any challenges with with sharpening um, two blades after getting used to sharpening three blades, or is it pretty easy? No, it's pretty easy. Yeah, you just need to to give it some time and uh, find the angle. And, That's and right. Then you have it. Yeah, I can I can't say how I do it because uh, I'm just doing it. Then. Isn't that the hardest thing to try to sh- <laughs> tell somebody how to sharpen a broad head? But uh, I'm gonna messing around with it, and 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 suddenly it can shave the hair. Right. Right. So. Man, I'm excited for your trip to Spain. And when, <laughs> when are you doing that again? Um, in the end of October. End of October of this year. So yeah, yeah. a couple of months. And yeah. and how long will you be over there? Uh, hunting for, we have ordered five days hunt. So, and that that's uh, some kind of a hunting lounge. Okay. Or what do you call it? What are you calling it? Uh, like a guide, lodge? like a, a lodge. Uh, yeah, lodge, lodge. Okay. Yeah. And um, and we don't have a guide with us when we are hunting, but we are we are going to getting uh, each of us is 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 getting this area that we can hunt. Okay. And uh, then we are going out in the morning and coming back in at the evening. Man, I'm day, I'm ex- I'm excited for you, and this is the first time you've hunted outside of Denmark. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's going to be awesome. Uh, I know that uh, I'm not going to mention 
Uh, well, I, yeah, you know what? I'll go ahead and throw it out. Uh, Emro Rock has already uh, mentioned or contacted you a bit about being on yeah. his podcast, yeah, Bow Hunting Soul. Um, so I'll, you know, we'll we'll go back and forth. I'll, I'll make sure you know he and I communicate. But I, I would love to I would love to talk to you again after you get back from this Spain trip. But I know he is asking. I want to give him a chance to talk to you too because you know it's 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 to me it's just fantastic to talk to guys like you that. Uh, that you know have have some challenges with you know bow hunting and and traditional bow hunting um, of your you know because of your um, legal restrictions and so forth that you know we don't have to deal with here um, but to see the successes that you're having and the the fantastic you know video stuff that you're putting out um, you know it's it's just it's just great I, I hope you'll I definitely hope you'll keep it up yeah. <clears throat> but I'm actually happy about uh, we have some rules because uh, we are, of course, we are watched from the the government. Sure. But but at the same time, we are also protected because because we have the rules. Uh, I can prove that I can hit the target because I have the test and I have the license, and uh, all the oppositions can can stand with the flags and what they like to do. But I can prove that I can hit the deer because I have a test and uh, I have passed a theoretical test and a bow hunting test. Sure. And every, every fifth year, I need to pass it again to be able to continue bow hunting. And um, in that way, it's, it's a good thing we have the rules also. Even... Even if they are a pain in the ass at the same time. <laughs> and you know, Peter, I, I, I can definitely see that. Although I will be honest, I'm a bit, I'm a bit torn by it as well because I know, I know guys that uh, consistently kill, you know, animals every year. And if you put a target in front of them, they're not the best shot but when it comes to when it comes to shooting game they you know they 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 go into i guess you'd call it kill mode and and they execute fantastic <laughs> shots yeah, yeah um so uh, i definitely get some of it um and i understand it and i think you know i can definitely see uh where it could potentially prevent you know hunters getting a black eye because somebody's you know just don't know what they're doing yeah. um but i'm it, not it is, I, i'm not it, sure i would like to have some of those restrictions on, on no me. no of course not but 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 actually it is it is difficult to uh, when we were talking about the seven inches uh vital uh, on a road here right it, it is actually much more different to hit that target to that test because that guy is standing and uh, and he's looking at you and and if you're not gonna pass this test you can't bow hunt anymore. There's a lot of pressure. Yeah. And it is people are failing this test again and again and again because you are you are, you are under a lot of pressure and. Uh, when we are sitting in our stand and the day has come, it, it, it is not the same. It is much more easy to, to shoot the deer than it is to shoot that test. I guarantee you. Oh, I can, I can appreciate that. 
I definitely can appreciate that. And you know, it's you know we have um, we have a lot of 3D shoots during the off season here in the states. In fact, I've got a local club that we shoot once a month, and you know it it you can definitely tell when people don't like somebody looking over their shoulder while yeah. they're shooting, and. Yeah. And we're just doing it for fun. We're not. We're not doing it because if we if we you know miss miss two shots, we're not going to be able to hunt that year. Now, that is a good point. If let's say you go and you you take this test and you fail the test, yeah. how long do you have to wait before you can try again? Well, <clears throat> if you're failing this test, you can. You can go on the internet uh, with your ID, and uh, you can you can participate in a new test uh, within the the period if there is any test left to pa- participate in. If you understand, so so uh, if the testing period is from August uh, to uh, to from mid August to mid September. This month, right, and you are failing the test uh, in August. Then you can you can uh, take the test again as long as there is a test available in uh, within this month. And if you can't uh, pass the test within this month, you need to wait to if it is in, in August September. You need to wait to March and April, okay, to so, do it again. So you can't. And if you can't, if, if you can't do it there, you need to wait again until uh, August, September. Okay. So 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 you can't you can't do it all all year long. So it sounds you like only, you got a you got you got a couple of windows where you can try yeah, to take this, you, and you have two windows, right? Okay. Per year to do this. But then once so, you, once you've passed, you're good for five years. Yeah, with every bow type. <laughs> so right. so if you want to hunt with a with a compound, you need to pass this test with a compound, and that's not a problem. And <laughs> but if you're gonna hunt with a longbow, you need to pass this test with the longbow. And if you're gonna hunt with a recurve, you need to pass this test with the recurve. And really, I, yeah, and I'm the smart guy, so. So I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna take the compound and wait two years, and then I'm gonna pass the test with the longbow, and then I'm gonna wait two years, and then I'm gonna pass the test with the recurve. So, and then it's starting all over again. I need to pass the test with the compound, but at the same time I can hunt with the recurve. And and five years after, uh, or maybe two years after that, I need to pass the test with the longbow again. But if I'm gonna fail that longbow test, I still can use my recurve. So so I have. What do you call it when you are not doing all the three types at the same time, but you are you are moving. Uh, you, you're taking the one uh, bow type and then you're waiting two years and passing the test to the next and waiting again two years passing the test to the next you you are doing this like um, so so you are you're sure you can bow hunt even if you're 
you're failing the longbow test, you can still bow hunt with the recurve. And when you have the longbow test and you're failing the recurve, you can still hunt with the longbow. And that's gonna let off some of the, the pressure when you are at the test. And that that makes that makes sense. That makes sense. I, I wouldn't have thought. Uh, I would have just thought you would have you know had to take it once for compound and once for uh, traditional. But they, they they're specific to to the bow, yeah. which wow, it's specific not to that bow. I can I can buy another recurve. Uh, right, 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 right. Yeah, that bow yeah. type, I should say. The bow type, yes. So you haven't said. So I have to ask. Um, between the recurve and the longbow, do you have a favorite? Oh, I think my favorite is the recurve. Really? Actually. Yeah. And any 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 specific reason why you like the recurve better? I'm just curious. Yeah, I don't have much of a draw length. Length. I'm only drawing about 27 inches, and. It it makes the shorter recurves easy to use up in the trees. Sure. And if you are you are sitting down uh, on a bench or on a stool, you can you can easily shoot uh, very close uh, with the recurve because it's not so long uh, as the longbow. With the longbow, you have to uh, you have to cant it very much if you're going to sit down. Or you have to lean forward uh, for the string not to to touch your leg. Right, right. Yeah. So, so that's the main reason why I I enjoy the, the the recurve the most. But I have maybe like every other traditional archer, I, I maybe have twenty bows. <laughs> so, so I'm gonna I'm gonna hunt with them all. <laughs> very, very cool. <laughs> Because then I can t- tell my wife uh, that I'm going to use them all. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> because I've she's the, uh, because she's saying you can you can only use one at the time. That's right. <laughs> I don't think there's a I definitely don't think there's a traditional bow hunter alive that's never heard that before. <laughs> so, I I have I have way more bows than I need, way more bows that I can shoot. Um, yeah. I I actually prefer. Uh, the longbow, and yeah. uh, but I still I still have several recurves, and and last year, um, last year I took one one whitetail with a recurve. The year before that, I took I usually try to hunt with one, you know, a little yeah. bit during the year, and usually I'll end up getting a deer with a recurve. But man, I love the longbow um, for a lot of a lot of different reasons. But it's just yeah. it's always my it's, favorite. It's maybe maybe it's more quiet. Uh, it's a little bit more quiet, I think. The longbow, you know. That's that's part of it, but for me the the bigger part of it, and I'm when I say a longbow, most of the you know uh, I've, I've I've got you know both hybrid longbows and the, the what they call the American semi longbow, the hill style straight longbow, yeah, yeah. and the straight yeah, the is D, my favorite. And personally, I like I think I like it better just because it's less um, it's, it's less forgiving. it's less restrictive, meaning. I, I can. It's a lot more forgiving as far as if yeah, I'm up in yeah. a tree or something and I can't get the absolute perfect form, or I can adjust it. Yeah, you know, I can adjust easily, and it just I can still make a uh, an effective shot with it out twenty yards. I I think for me, 
that's the reason I like it more is it's just more forgiving and I'm not as, I don't have to be as rigid um, because I'm a, I, I hunt, all the shooting I do is because I want to hunt with it. So it's, it's just hunting's yeah. un- yeah. the, the top priority for me. So, yeah. And I have, uh, I have a longbow like that too. Uh, it's a D-shaped uh, hill style longbow. And uh, I'm, it, it actually shoots pretty well. And it's quite forgiving also. But I prefer the, re- uh, the recurve for, for hunting book. Because of the length, I and and I yeah definitely understand that. I know I think yeah. one of the videos you even you were even using one of the forty eight inch bear recurves, yeah, which yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I've shot a time or two. I, I've never hunted one. I think the the shortest bow that I've hunted with um, is probably a sixty inch recurve. Yeah. Man, um, most of the most of the longbows I hunt with are are today are 64 i hunted for many years with with 68 uh and 70 inch long bows and you know if you're hunting from a a stand uh with one of those bows you have to be set up to either shoot straight in front of you or or to your right because there's no way you're going to shoot to the left because of the bottom limb so um very cool stuff well, Peter, I, I I told you I was going to try to keep you, you know, right at an hour. Uh, I don't want to keep you any longer. We've kind of gone over that just a little bit. Um, I, man, all I can tell you is it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you and having you on here. Um, I wish you all the best of luck in Spain and can't wait to hear about uh, <laughs> hear about that adventure. So you're going to have to keep me posted through Facebook or something. Yeah, I'll do that. And... Uh, <clears throat> You're actually the first American I ever talked to, <laughs> so uh, I hope I I was understandable. Oh, I, I think but, you uh, I, you have you have challenged me a little bit uh, <laughs> with this uh, podcast. I have to say. Well, then we'll just have to we'll just have to do it more often so that you you you, <laughs> yeah. you become more um, more accustomed to it. But I think <laughs> you've done absolutely fantastic. Um, I, I can definitely tell you you did much better than I would have if I was doing a podcast for you and, and had to try to speak uh, Danish. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> I bet so. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah Peter, Danish is, uh, is uh, one of the most uh, difficult language uh, people are saying. So maybe it is. I don't know. I think it's pretty easy. <laughs> well, maybe I'll, maybe I'll try to uh, watch some of your Danish videos and, 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 Next time we talk, I'll I'll try to have at least one Danish phrase I can try to throw you away. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. I do that. Well, well, Peter, thank you so much. I really have enjoyed it. Uh, I hope everyone listening has enjoyed it as well. Please, if you haven't done so already, take the time to subscribe to the podcast. Please leave us a rating or a review. And until next time, take care, everyone.